This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work. If you're a business owner or executive level leader looking to advance God's kingdom at work, sign up for one of their 2019 workshops at www.kingdomatwork.com slash events. Kingdomatwork.com slash events. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon. Wow, we've got an exciting show for you. I can't wait for you to hear it. But before we get started, just want to invite you to connect with us online, iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. Connect with us on Facebook and the same name, I Work For Him, as well as on Instagram. And Martha, a shout out to our stations. Um, we just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you are actually tuning the dial on your radio in uh, Nobody the really Tampa. Nobody really knows what that is. Tuning, yes, they turning. do, because we have lots of listeners that way. So in the Tampa area, Lakeland, Jacksonville, Southern Georgia, we are so thankful Saint for Augustine. you. St. Augustine. Um, that whole first coast and the and the Gulf Coast of Florida, we are so thankful for you, and thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks again for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon as we broadcast you from Rancho Mirage, California. This broadcast is made possible through a collaboration with FCCI and Convene, as well as several other members. Check them out online at FCCI.org and ConveneNow.com. We're on location at the 2018 International Summit, a gathering of Christ followers who desire to live out their faith in their work while pursuing excellence. It's like they read the I Work For Him Nation Pledge. Today, on the first half of I Work For Him, we're going to be talking with Lee and Lisa Truax. And I can't wait for you to hear their story. Lee and Lisa, welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks. Thank Great to be much. here. And for Lee, it's a welcome back. Many years ago, yeah. we were on the air talking about CBMC, and we're going to hear more of that story. But let's just start off with you guys. How long have you guys been married? 33 years. 33 years. And Lisa, you said earlier uh, that seven kids, seven kids. How old are your kids? Okay, they range from... 29 down to 13. Oh, wow. So we still got some in the fold and 13 in the best the, the best years. Yes. Yeah, 13. Precious. <laughs> the precious, precious years. Precious Where years. every moment is an opportunity to share with them how God loves them. I love that. Okay. Age of opportunity. Did you ever, guys ever read that book for raising kids, raising teenagers? I haven't. Age of Opportunity, one of the greatest <laughs> books ever. On, I think on she must have it figured out by now. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because every kid is just like the last one, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, no. Right. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how complicated our children really are? And I have six sons and one daughter, so it's interesting. Oh, oh wow. Oh, six sons and one daughter. And, and the 13-year-old, the daughter? is a boy. That's the boy. Okay, well, at least still fairly simple <laughs> at, at, at 13. All right. We're here to talk about all the incredible things that, that God is doing in the kingdom in the workplace and i can't wait for you guys to share what's really going on but first lisa how did you come to be a follower of jesus so i got saved when i was about 12 or 13 i found the lord um, actually in a hospital room where i um could have died so mm. it was a just one of those turning points in my life where i said if if um you get me out of this mess lord i will serve you for the rest of my life and so was a hospital bed prayer. Wow, very cool. Mm. Lee, what about you? When did you come to be a Christ follower? Well, I grew up in a Christian home and was involved with um, the church. Even I like to joke that I was in church from diapers up. And, uh, <laughs> you know, at seven years old, the Holy Spirit still can convict someone Absolutely. of not being all you need to be. And uh, I sensed a great chasm between God and I, even though I had uh, been raised in that Christian home and whatnot. So, for me, uh, it was a prayer with my mom on a living room couch, confessing the fact that I knew there was a break in my relationship with God, and uh, she shared with me that Christ was the answer, and I prayed to receive him at seven years old. Wow, that's fantastic. Seven years old, and been running with him ever since. 
Mm-hmm. And, and truthfully, that is my testimony. And I used to listen to these testimonies from these guys who'd been out on the street or, you know, God healed them, cleaned them up from drugs or whatnot. And I used to go, wow, now that's a testimony. And as I've come to grow up and have seven kids, I realized, no, God gave me a great testimony of the keeping power of Jesus Christ through my teen years, through yes. college and everything. And so I like to share that. And I used to give God short change on that. But now I bump into so many fathers who wish that uh, they had had the same experience. Yeah, so. that woundedness, that stuff that has to be dealt with because of things that people experience in their teenage years and their college years. Th- yes. That the woundedness can be healed, but the remnants of the damage that was done has to be overcome almost on a daily basis. Yes. Because the enemy's like, yeah, hey, don't forget about that. Yep. So so that's great. The enemy can't do that with you. Yeah, and don't let me give any illusion that everything was perfect for <laughs> <through> my teen <laughs> years. Your mom and dad called earlier. And yeah, said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my wife could share many stories, <laughs> I'm sure. How many years you guys are married? 33. 33 years. Yeah, Lisa's got all kinds of stories. That's true. We won't bring those up today, though. That's not the point of our conversation. Leah, at what point in time did you make that connection between your faith and your work? So, you know, growing up in a Christian home, Dad got involved with CBMC in the uh, probably the early 70s, first in Oklahoma City. He worked for Honeywell for many, many years. We were living in Oklahoma City. Great Minnesota-based company, by the way. And Yeah, exactly. And um, we moved back to Massachusetts. He'd been in, in Massachusetts, then Oklahoma City, then back to Massachusetts. And they followed, CBMC followed him and said, you know what, we need a leader in Boston. And so he got involved. And the reason I bring that up is he modeled the ministry for me. He modeled the connection between his opportunity to work and encourage believers in the marketplace, but also to reach his peers for Christ. And the coolest thing about Dad, and I've tried to emulate it, is he would bring some of those stories home. And so when he was witnessing or sharing and more with actions than with words with his manager at Honeywell or whatnot, he would come home to the dinner table and he would say, listen, Tomorrow I've got lunch with Bernie. His boss was Bernie. My dad is Ernie. I found that comical. But (laughs) when we get past that, I'm having lunch with Bernie on Wednesday. And would you all pray for me? Because Bernie's been asking questions. And so dad modeled the opportunity to be a believer in the marketplace. And uh, I've hoped to live up to that. Mm, I love that. Lisa, seven kids, homeschool, you said, off the air. At what point in time did you realize that you have a very high calling on your life as a mom of seven, as a wife of 33 years, and a homeschool mom? I mean, it doesn't get more tough than raising seven <laughs> kids and having them all homeschool. I mean, any corporate CEO job, way easier than that job. Amen. <laughs> Juggling the balls, that's for sure. At what point in time did you realize how significant the call was on your life? Um, I've wrestled with it. As a woman, we wrestle with mm-hmm. a lot of things. So I've wrestled with, have I made the right decisions? What's God call, God's calling on my life in particular? And just to be faithful to whatever his calling was. And he definitely steered me in a different direction. I did not think I would do this <laughs> many years ago. And um, it kind of came by surprise. So he has a way of doing that. Usually what we say we will never do, we end up doing. Oh yeah, we never <laughs> say never to God. <laughs> We've learned that one, haven't we, Martha? Yes, yes. God has, you know, he has a sense of humor in that yes. area because he's like, oh, you want to mold me in that area mm-hmm. as well. Okay. Yeah, we once told the Lord we don't ever want to live on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Well, right after we got married, we lived in New Hampshire for a year, mm-hmm. from moved from Minnesota to New Hampshire, and then, you know, now we live in Florida, which is also the East Coast. Most people don't realize that, but yes. um, it's a little nicer than New Hampshire. But I told the Lord I would never live in Massachusetts, and... We lived there for 21 years. Oh. <laughs> okay. What lesson can we learn here? Never I don't think it really, Lord really never. matters if yeah. we tell the Lord never or not, but he Lee, does talk to it. us. Lee Truax, tell us about your daily role. 
Yeah, so um, I've had the joy of moving into a role with CBMC International. Um, some people are familiar with CBMC International in that that's the part of CBMC that ministers around the globe. There's 96 nations around the globe that have CBMC established ministries. They are large ministries like in South Korea where there's five or 6,000 members involved with CBMC Korea. And then there's smaller startups in places that you'd be shocked to hear about. Some of the entrepreneurial work in Cambodia. I had the privilege of sharing Christ in Phnom Penh in 2014 and that ministry has continued to grow. We have CBMC in Vietnam. We have them in Cape Town, South Africa, wow. all over the world. We were just told uh, just the other day that uh, CBM or that uh, Viet- in Vietnam there's like a faith in Work Summit coming up here pretty quick in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Yes. Are you guys Mm going to be part of that? Uh, There will be CBMC that is part of that. I won't be specifically that's a part of that, but Mm -hmm. the neatest thing is to see God moving in young people, and in Mm -hmm. Cambodia in particular, um, you probably know some of the tragedy of killing fields and things like that. They lost a whole generation, but now we have a generation of 30 plus year olds who are coming to Christ and all getting involved, and they are looking at faith and work in a really fresh light, which is very exciting. That is is exciting. It's super exciting. All right, so CBMC International, where do people find out about that online? Yeah, cbmcint.org. So cbmcint.org is where you can find our website. Lee Truax and Lisa Truax are here. Lee Truax is in charge of CBM. Well, what's your role at CBMC International? I, would, I don't know your exact title. Yeah, yeah. So um, our president is Jim Fernstall, who is actually just coming back from a trip in Africa where the Lord really did some amazing things. They had the first African convention in Zimbabwe. Awesome. And uh, so lots of people trained up there and ministry going on in Africa. It's really a hot spot, frankly, for CBMC International right now. It's really a hot wow. spot for the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it? Continental Africa. It is. They got mobile phones. I mean, yes. I, I've heard the numbers of people. I mean, they went from the Stone Age to the wireless age in, in like a period of 10 years. Yep. It's amazing. They definitely jumped over some of the transitions that we made here in the in the West. Um, but for me, I'm the vice president of strategy, which okay. means I get to do some really strategic initiatives across the globe. Very cool. Uh, one of the ones we just finished up on is every four years, there's a world convention for CBMC ministry leaders. That was in Belfast in Northern Ireland. Lisa and I were both there, had a phenomenal time. I heard time. it was so, amazing. Yeah. We've talked Absolutely. to some people that got to go. That's great. All right, so... Ergon 412, that's, uh, tell, tell us about Ergon 412. Why did you decide to engage CBMC International with this collaborative effort? Okay, well, I'll try and keep the story short because my story is 25 years long. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is God touched my heart, as you asked me earlier, about faith and work. And I always was curious about the disintegration of faith and work because for me, like I said, Dad modeled an integration of faith and work. So I got involved, right? I took over uh, CBMC 2009 uh, as its servant leader and started working with other ministries right out of the right out of the gates because I came from the technology industry. And one thing about the technology industry is you collaborate or you die in some major accounts. And I was with HP, we were working on Fidelity Investments, and you had to work with IBM and Sun and Dell and so on and so forth, or you weren't gonna please Fidelity. So, here's my thing. If we're gonna please the master of the universe, we're gonna stop not working together so we got to stop some things. we got to stop aligning ourselves only under one brand and only one set of conferences and only one set of people. We need to recognize that God is so much bigger than that. So we're going to stop that behavior, and we're going to work together. And so for me, the excitement about Ergon 412 is that it is a collaborative bringing together 
of Marketplace Ministries for the sake of being much greater than the sum of the parts as we work together. And uh, I started this conversation, like I said, a few years ago. I saw a lot of talk. The thing that excites me about Ergon 412 is there are ministries coming together under that banner in various ways, mergers, acquisitions, things that make sense in the marketplace. When you say, you know, we look at our market share and it's so teeny, we're not impacting people. In our case, our market share is impacted leaders. And frankly, it's much smaller than it should be. So let's work together. Donors want to see this, by the way. They're tired of saying, I support you, I support you, I support you, I support you. And you're all asking for the same thing, and you're not having the results that you could have. So let's be like the body of Christ working together for the sake of the kingdom. Mm. Hmm. And really, that's, I mean, God created the whole idea of economies of scale. That was his idea. He put it in words in some guy's mind. But really, what you're talking about, and this is something Martha and I have said many times on the air, there's so many incredible faith and work ministries around this country, Mm -hmm. and we've uncovered hundreds and hundreds of them, some one-offs in some little small cities and some national ministries, but yet a lot of, there's a lot of reproducing the wheel. Yes. There's a, there's a lot of re- reproductive mm-hmm. effort. We're, we're reproducing it here, reproducing it there. Why? Let's, yeah. let's figure this out because we need to impact instead of tens of thousands, really it's 10,000 leaders, Christ-following leaders, we need, to, we need to impact hundreds Amen. of thousands. Absolutely. And then all of the people underneath them. Well, you know, and like this, com- this summit that we're at right now, the theme is pursuing excellence. And one of the things in business, you want economies of scale, you want return on investment, you want good use of your, you know, stewarding your resources yes. well. And that's what collaboration really does for the kingdom Absolutely. on an exponential scale. So yes. um, we're excited to see that coming together. So what is your hopes for Ergon 412? And you said, is it Ergon or Ergon? Make sure I say it right. I, I think the Greek pronunciation is Ergon, but okay. we're not, we're not going to beat up anybody for saying ear. <laughs> well, no, but I want to get it, I want to get it right because we're going to be talking about but this. It's we're going to be talking about this. Right? It is e, it begins with an e, but yes. I think in the Greek it's Aragon. Do you know the, the and give us some reference on this this where this name come from? Yeah, so it, it is Aragon is the Greek word for work. And so if you looked, for example, in, uh, in verses in Ephesians, Ephesians 4.12, uh, that's what the 4.12 stands for. It's also Ecclesiastes 4.12, Acts 4.12. There's some important themes that come out of those verses. Mm-hmm. But in Ephesians, the word works there, created for good works, is about ergon. Uh, and it includes our work of our hands. It includes the work of our professions. So it is marketplace work, but it's also good works that Im- impact uh, people in the body of Christ. So Aragon 412, and I'm, and I'm going to get that right every time now, Aragon 412 and CBMC International, what are your hopes for this? Well, man, we, we bring something to Aragon 412, and that is a network of excited believers in 96 countries, plus growing, um, who have really adopted and been working on a vision that we say is the global marketplace transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we all hope is for transformation through the gospel. Ergon has an opportunity to take all of the great resources, the great training materials, the leaders, the ways of doing things, going about teams like Convene, um, and, and really leveraging the network. So there's a real great win-win here. Uh, It's bringing great resources to people that I can think of that come to mind. The Lord puts faces in my mind, even as I'm saying this, Mm -hmm. uh, that can leverage those resources right away for greater impact. And so it really is something that that I'm excited about because, uh, like I said, there's so much more we can accomplish with what God has put on the wonderful creative minds of so many of these leaders in these ministries. I mean, that is so true. All right, you've been part of the... Go ahead. Well, I just am curious, even in the conversation surrounding Ergon 412, what have you seen God do? How is he moving in this effort? 
Well, I mean, it's one thing to think about the fact that you have uh, ministry leaders who have been uh, somewhat uh, behind their own brand, their own story, their own mission, their own vision, now coming into the same room going, wait a minute, Um, God has put on my heart that we can do more together to work closer together. And so that is just a miracle. I mean, we are business guys, and we do think competitively. And so how do we get past that? for the greater good, and that's what excites me about the conversations. You've been part of the faith and work movement your entire life because of your dad's involvement with CBMC. I have, and, and I sensed, you know, people would say to me, Lee, you've got a call in your life, and I'd say, yeah, I, I have a call in my life, but the next words out of their mouths usually threw me, and that was, well, you better go to Bible school, yeah. and I have nothing against Bible mm-hmm. school. I love Bible school. Mm-hmm. I love God's word, but I felt called to business, and right. particularly sales and marketing and things like that and technology, and so that's where the coming together happened for me of uh, biblical principles, beliefs, understanding who I am in Christ, and work. Excellent. When you look at the faith and work movement, what is the ultimate motivation behind the faith and work movement? Well, I think there's two things uh, as exemplified in in my experience. One is um, doing work under the in excellence under the name of our Heavenly Father, right? Um, We get to express His creative image through our work and the way that we do it Uh, And that's exciting. So that's part one. Part two is it is the place where we meet people who need Jesus. Let's Mm -hmm. just admit it. Um, They're not flocking to this. This conference is unlikely to have a whole bunch of unconvinced folks walking through the door. Just like your church on Sunday. Love my church. We do a great work in our community. But it's unlikely that we're going to open the doors and suddenly people who need Jesus are going to flood through them. Where are we going to find them? We meet them in the marketplace. And the New Testament definition of marketplace is not just the place where we exchange transactional business. It is the heart of the society. It was the seat of government. It was theater. It was communications. It was where people connected. Well, that's our opportunity in the marketplace to bring our faith to where we can connect with people. Yeah, in the old days, the marketplace was a place. Mm-hmm. It was the center part of the city. Yes. You know, and that's why we use we, we use marketplace and workplace because a lot of people think, well, I'm not part of the marketplace. I'm like, Even though we really are, some people think, wow, but if I use the word workplace, they understand that. Yeah, so much like mm-hmm. Lisa, you know, mm-hmm. homeschooling seven children, right. that is your workplace. Right. Ooh, and, and then teaching your kids yes. that their education, their schooling yes. is their workplace for a season. And influencing our community because we had quite the testimony there of who are those odd people at the end of the road with all the kids? Are they like some strange <laughs> cult? Oh, you were at the end of the road. Yes. You're yes. <laughs> we on a cul-de-sac. Yeah. In oh, a very yeah. large house. <laughs> <laughs> with lots of bedrooms. But, but I, we d- we're hoping and we've attempted to train up our kids that they would be leaders and that yeah. they would be sharing. They would be passing. Hopefully we pass the baton on to them well so mm-hmm. that they could be salt and light in the community as well. And so that was very important in our lives. Mm-hmm. J- like in our neighborhood with the hairdresser witnessing to her just Everywhere. Everywhere you go. Yes. Really quick, Lisa, speak to the ladies listening to the show today who are at home raising <coughs> their kids, maybe even homeschooling. Encourage them really quick. What you do is important. You are valuable. You are beautiful. You are essential. And so without you, I mean, God has placed that clay, those children in your hands to melt, not to melt, to mold, <laughs> um, and just to um, pour into. And mm. through God's empowerment, what you do as a holy task is unto him. Oh, amen. Mm. Well done. Lee Truax, in 30 seconds or less, speak to those people listening out there. What is it the biggest thing that Christ followers need to understand out there in their workplace? Well, I mean, I think they need to understand that God is pleased with them. 
you know, one of the things that uh, I was always excited about was when I finally recognized that my work mattered to God, God doesn't see a secular sacred divide, and we live in that space too much sometimes. Lee Truex, Lisa Truex, thanks for being an I work for him today. Really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Check Lee out online, cbmcint.org. You're listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.